Some great music this morning. Praise team does a great job, doesn't it? Let's give the Lord a hand. Sometimes I don't even know if we need to preach, we just sing. Uh oh. It's a little heavy. Um, today we're going to be talking about. The word of God. <laughs> Should, shouldn't leave it like that, though, should I? Um, yeah. You know, so made to Worship is kind of the title of this message today. And I just want to talk a little bit about the different ways we worship. And one, we already experienced. Uh, we already worshiped God through music and singing and praying. And that's definitely a way. But I want to highlight some other ways we can worship God with our lives with what we do, what we have, what God has given us. And a lot of these you already know, but what I've tried to do is associate a couple words with each thing to kind of help us to kind of strive to get there or, or look at ways we can improve to make sure we use that aspect in a way that ultimately brings God glory and that we can praise him and honor him through what we do. So the first thing I wanna look at is our talents. That God has given us, each one of us, talents and abilities to do some really amazing things. And so each one of us have our own gifts and talents. You don't have mine and I don't have you. And if we probably created a list, you might have more than me. As I started to think about, like, what can I do? And I was like, well, I can make that sound with my hands. But there's so much more to me, I know that. And there's so much more to you. There's, there's many talents, there's many abilities that God has given each one of us and are we using that for God? Are we magnifying the name of Jesus Christ through our talents, through our abilities? And are we an offering? Are we giving those things that, that God has blessed us with as a talent or an ability? Have we given that as an offering back to God? A lot of times we get focused on just giving our money or giving our resources to God. But God wants you to offer your talents, your abilities back to him as well and use your gifts and talents. Fortunately, we have quite a few people here that can either play the drums or the guitar, uh, very talented people. Uh, you know, Cody Grog is a very talented person. I mean, I've never seen anybody like it. He picks up pretty much anything and can play it. I can't do that. But that's using his talents by being a part of the praise band. He offers it to God. And each one of us have our own abilities and gifts. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is I have a... a, a, a a picture, and I also have this. I actually stole this from the youth room. Uh, this is Victoria Van Dyke. She was in our youth ministry program, and she actually drew this. And I know you can't see it very well up on the screen, so it says uh, kind of our, some of our keywords. Uh, revive, that's the girl with her hands, and she's praying. She feels revived in Christ. And then uh, someone sharing about Jesus and going to church. Uh, the boy up here in the picture is actually sharing the gospel with this girl, and then we have restore. So we have rescue, restore, revive, which is part of the three that we had, and restore is the word of God. And then she also has a caption under here that talks about the times we met in and everything. Like I actually took this from the youth room. Adam doesn't know I have it. Um, I'll let him know afterwards. It'll be okay. But here's another one that she drew. It's in the shadows, and the scripture she has is Luke 1, 79. 
It says to, sh- to shine on the living in the death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And so again, she used her talent, she used her ability to convey a message for Jesus. And I want you to think about your gifts and your talents. Are you magnifying the name of Jesus Christ? Are you letting people know who Jesus is through the talents, the abilities that you've been given? Are people able to experience Christ through your work and what you have to offer through your talents and your abilities? The passage I want us to look to is 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I know I maybe go a little fast, but 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 21, it says this. It says, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Now, here's the thing that happened with Saul. When David was younger, he was anointed to become king of Israel. On that day, he was anointed by Samuel. God's spirit left Saul and was on David. So Saul felt different now because the spirit of God was no longer with him. He was upon David. So when David was in the presence of Saul playing his lyre or lyre, it was like this harp harp that he would play, Um, Saul would feel so much better. He'd feel peace, and he would feel peace with God. So when David did that, and that's the other thing I think about, when we magnify Jesus through the talents and the gifts we're given, it can bring people closer to God. It really can. Through the music, it can lead us to a place where we get closer to God. Through your artwork, it can lead you to a place where you're closer to God. Through the gifts and talents that God has given you, you can bring people closer to God because you're magnifying the name of Jesus through your gifts and your talents. So by just doing it, here's the other thing to think about too, is that you may not always feel like you're good at something or that great at something. We could look at something and say, well, I would have done it differently or I would have drawn this differently. And sometimes beauty is in the, behi- in the eye of the beholder. But when you give your gifts and talents to God, God's able to do beyond that. See, it wasn't just about David being a good harp player, and I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was good at writing songs. We, we see that in the book of Psalms. But I believe that God can work beyond just what you have to offer. In other words, you may not feel like it's that great. You may not feel like your talent is that great, but if you give it to God in the right way, God can use that talent to magnify his name beyond what you can do. I truly believe that. I truly believe God can take your talent and your ability and magnify his name greater than what you think you can or what you can do with it. The next scripture here is Romans chapter 12, verse six through eight. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, 
then give generously. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. See, here's the thing. A lot of times we get fixated on the, the big things. Like I can't, I can't sing, okay? Does that mean I don't have any talents? No, what it says here, there's many talents that we don't even think about that we could use for Jesus Christ. In other words, I could give up my leading ability and give that to Christ as an offering and God can use that to magnify his name. I can give a gift of mercy that I could show people and do it cheerfully and God is magnified because I'm willing to offer my talents, my gifts. So we're not just talking about somebody that could work with wood. We're not talking about somebody that can just take them and make a creating a, a painting. We're talking about all your gifts, all your talents, that you give it to Jesus Christ and he's able to do more and beyond what you think you can do with it because you're magnifying his name and you're offering the talent that he gave you. See, each of us need to use our talents and our gifts that God has given us to bring glory to him. And so as we offer those things, God is able to do some amazing things through that. So the next thing I wanna talk about is work. The two words I want you to think about, and it kinda of goes along, we're doing a men's Bible study, or small group, I should say, sorry. A men's small group on Wednesday nights at 6.30, and we're talking about the nine attributes of man. And some of these words I've actually just taken from there because I was like, wow, this really fits with what I'm doing here with this message. And the first thing is respect authority. Sometimes it's hard, hard for us to respect authority, but I believe we can worship God where we work. Whatever environment we're given, we can worship God through our work. Through the things you do at your job and wherever you work, whether it's secular or you work in a ministry or wherever you may work, you can do it and one of the ways you do that is by respecting the authority that's ahead of you. You're not gonna gossip, you're not gonna give the company a bad name. You're there to represent Christ in all that you do. You're, even if the organization is secular, doing things ungodly, you're there as a representation of Jesus Christ. And the first step is respecting the authority that's there. So the first scripture I want to share with you is Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 7. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which is God is established. The authority that exists has been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do what is right, but for those who do that wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. So here's the thing is, a lot of times we can disagree what's, ha what's happening. And think about this, that the Romans, this was written to the Roman church in Rome. And of course, the Romans were not always good to Christians. And so what Paul is saying, you need to respect authority. You need to respect those that are in power. This is what we need to realize, that God is bigger than us and God is bigger than everything in this world. In other words, he allows good leaders to rise and bad leaders to rise. But both the good and the bad leaders serve his purpose, whether they want to or not. Pharaoh was not really serving God's purpose or he didn't feel like he was serving God's purpose, right? But God allowed Pharaoh to become an example so that all the world would know that there is a God and the Hebrew God was the living God. 
So whether we have good leaders or bad leaders, we still need to respect authority. And so as I work, as I do things, as you do things in your job, there may be a lot of things you disagree with. I'm not saying you should not voice those concerns to the proper people, but to gossip, to tear down that business or organization, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to worship through recognizing the positions that God has placed in front of us, ahead of us, and we need to cheer for that, pray for that, try to do our best work, because we are still in a place of position of influence. One of the things that, that I've shared before, and it just sticks out to me, it's just one of those things that just kind of moved my heart, is I heard a story about a janitor who prayed as he worked on the classrooms after the kids were done, he'd come in in the evenings, and he would pray over every seat. Now, that wasn't in his job description. That wasn't in what he was supposed to do. And that kind of leads me to the example because he would, he would go in that classroom and he'd pray over a seat that a child would sit in as he was cleaning. See, that's the right example we need. That's the kind of right example we need to leave behind in our workplace. That we don't just do our job description. We don't just do our job and then leave. We care more about it. We want to make a difference. We want to change lives. We want to be a person of influence. And you know, the other thing, too, to think about is Joseph. Joseph didn't, you know, when he was going through all the things he did, he was going from the bottom and working his way up. He still saw the potential for influence. He didn't just stay, whether he was a slave, whether he was in prison. It didn't matter what situation he was in. He was still going to honor and live for God. And so whether it was at the bottom and working his way all the way to the top, he still was valuing, respecting authority, and setting the right example for others to follow for God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. Do it, and not only when their eyes are on you, and to curry their favor, but when sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not, by you, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. What a powerful scripture. And I know Pastor Mark used this a few weeks ago. And slavery back then was definitely thought of as different than it is today. We had some bad situations with slavery in our time as America. But slavery was just submitting yourself to an authority, a place where you could work, and that, that place would provide you with the, the food and the shelter and all the things you needed. But this is the way we should do it when we work because we're being provided for by a business or an organization that we work for. We should do it as we're serving Jesus Christ. We should try to be that example and try to respect the authority and serve it as we're serving Jesus Christ himself. And so when we do that, when we think about these things and think about these words, am I setting the right example in my workplace? Am I showing people Christ for where I work? Am I worshiping Jesus in my workplace? And then also, am I respecting the authority that's over me? Am I showing respect to that? It doesn't mean you have to agree with every decision in your organization, but you do need to have respect that you're not gonna gossip, you're not gonna try to tear it down. You want, to, you want that business or that organization to succeed and you're gonna do the best you can to make sure you're not a stumbling block in that process. 
And there you're going to make a difference in that organization, just like Joseph did, whether he was in Potiphar's house, whether he was in the jail cell. And just think about that. How do you make a jail or a prison rise? <laughs> but he did. He did. It was well organized. It was well run. Because Joseph took the opportunities he was given and, and people started building trust in him. And he elevated the prison. Maybe was the first one that started a prison ministry, I guess, if you could say. Huh? Um, the next thing I want to talk about is really, I could have just, I didn't waste your time, I don't think, but I could have just went with this because this is what matters the most. It's your life. How can we worship God? How do we worship God? It's, it's through our life. In other words, you can't compartmentalize it. You can't just put it in certain segments. We gotta do what God has called us to in every part of our life. So the two words are very important words. Obedience and sacrifice. So the scriptures I wanna share with you is Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Do you realize that this isn't the only time, if you go back and you do a search and you look through the scriptures, this is repeated throughout the book of Deuteronomy. This was something that God was clearly trying to tell his people, be obedient to me, listen to me, listen to what I have to say. And if you have kids or you have even animals or pets like a dog, you just love your, your pets or your kids just to listen to you, to obey you. And when they do, it's like awesome, right? If you tell that dog to sit and they sit, if you tell your child to sit and they sit, wow, Right? That's amazing. You've accomplished something. Obedience is so hard though sometimes, isn't it? It's so hard to just be obedient. But that's what God wants. God wants us to be obedient. God wants us to listen to him, to take his advice in life. And he knows what's best for us, for us just to be obedient, listen to him, and do what he says. Now, sometimes it seems like it can, you can get that dog to listen a little bit better than a child, right? But sometimes that's hard. Even for me, though, sometimes it's hard to be obedient. It's hard just to listen and, and do what God tells me to do. But look at this. And then we, we talked about it in the work environment, too, that we shouldn't just do it so the boss notices us and gives us a pat on the back and says, good job. You're doing a good job. I see what you're doing. That, that's good. We do it right in front of them. And then when they were gone, we're like, oh, I'm just going to take a break. <laughs> I'm done. I'm taking a 10-minute break. And you weren't given a 10-minute break. You're just taking a 10-minute break because the boss is gone, right? Well, Jesus, God himself, he knows when we're obedient. He knows when we're listening to him. He knows when we're doing the things he's called us to. He knows how we're gonna live. And this is the thing too, what he says, he goes on here, he says, to love him, to serve the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. See, God knows the fakers. God knows the pretenders. And then God also knows those that are obedient to him. Are we obedient to him? Do we do what he asks us to do? Do we follow his example? Do we follow him where he wants us to be? And do we do it with a love 
Do we do it out of love? That's an important question. Do I do what I do because I love him or do I feel obligated? When my employer asks me to do things, do I do it because I care or do I do it because I just want to get a promotion? See, it's a difference there. We do it because we love him with all our heart, with all our soul. And then the next thing here is the sacrifice. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To be a living sacrifice is important. To be that living sacrifice, to make a difference and for Christ is not just a one-time sacrifice. A living sacrifice is a continual pouring out, a continual sacrifice that you're making to make a difference for Christ. It's not just a one-time thing. My life should continue to embody the sacrifice that I'm living for the hope that is in Jesus Christ. And in that, what does it say there at the end? This is your true and proper worship. When we live our lives in such a way that we are a living sacrifice, that I continually give things to God. I continue to live my life for Jesus Christ. You know, it's kind of interesting because yesterday the West Virginia game was on and, you know, I already pay for some channels. I already, you know, have internet and all these other things. And, and then I find out I have to pay $5 to watch the West Virginia game. But ask me if I did it. Now I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't even tell my wife that I paid the five extra dollars. I just did it. I was like, that's ah, $5. But that shows that I'm a loyal fan, right? How loyal am I to Jesus? How, how much dedication do I have for Jesus Christ that I'm obedient? When he says, Eric, I want you to move over here, I move over here. When he says, Eric, I want you to go outside, I go outside. Eric, I want you to minister to this person, help this person out, I help that person out. How obedient am I as a follower of Christ? And what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to give to make sure that Jesus Christ is promoted, he's glorified, he's praised in my own life. Well, there's a great story, and we're gonna watch this video here in just a second, but because we don't have the rights to the video, we can't stream this video live on the live feed on Facebook and YouTube and all that. But I still wanna show it because I think it's a powerful testimony. And for those that are on the live stream, I'd encourage you to look up this man's name, Bernard, Bernard Koffendoffer, um, who has this great story with these crosses that we all see every once in a while. So there's a great video of him talking. It's a CBS morning show. And if you don't get to see it, look it up online. You should be able to find it pretty quickly. But uh, it's a powerful illustration. So we're gonna go ahead and watch that video now.
There's a lot of takeaways we can take from that video that really spoke to me. One is that clearly Bernard was obedient to the Lord. What the Lord told him and inspired him to do, he carried it out. And this is one of the things I think about is that he could have just built one set of crosses somewhere in his backyard. And he would have probably, in some ways, been obedient to the Lord, right? He could have maybe done five cross sets of crosses throughout the state of West Virginia. And I think that we could all say that he was obedient to the Lord. But he was obedient to the Lord. In other words, he was obedient to the point where he just wanted to fulfill God's purpose and plan for his life. And what I love is when I was asked, why do, you, why do you think God chose you, Bernard? Why did God choose you to do this work? And what does he say? He says, because God loved me. Because God loved me. And I want to display that. I also think it's kind of cool because I drive by these crosses near my place where I go home on 77. And I think about those crosses and I can't help but think about Jesus when I see the crosses. I can't think about, uh, stop and think about how much he loved me. And I think it's really cool how he calls his crosses, the crosses of mercy. But here's the thing. I, this organization doesn't even exist right now. I don't even think they're doing crosses anymore. This is an old video probably taken about 2005 or so. This is not going on, but in you know, all the crosses, and if you take all the crosses throughout all the states down, does it matter? No. You know why? Because Bernard was obedient to the Lord. Even if you take them all down, and some of them are falling apart, some of them are no longer standing anymore. But you know what? We know one thing for sure. When he goes up to heaven and God says, Bernard, did you listen to me? He can say, I was obedient to what you told me to do, Lord. I built the crosses. You know, the other thing, too, that we can take away from this video is that sometimes following Jesus is on the verge of almost other people thinking you're crazy. It's almost on the verge of everybody else thinking, why would you do that? And it's okay. It's okay to be almost on the verge of crazy because you're doing things, not in obedience of anything else, but Jesus Christ himself. You're obedient to God. And then the sacrifice, too. I don't think God is asking us all to give everything we have in our possessions to build crosses. And I don't know if that's ever gonna be a ministry of Porterfield Baptist Church is to go and set crosses. But I will tell you this, that if you do something for the Lord, it's worth sacrificing for, it's worth giving to, it's worth making a difference in people's lives. And the other thing too is Bernard wasn't doing it to make a name for himself. I didn't had no idea until I stumbled on the video just out of curiosity to find out who this guy was. And actually, one of my friends on Thursday posted an article about Bernard and I started reading it that he, he's a, a pastor in Hampshire County. And I actually read it and it inspired me to put this in my message today. So here's the thing that I want you to take away from this. Are you obedient to Christ to the level that no matter what, you go beyond and above what God has asked you to do? See, there's sometimes we can just be obedient and do a little bit of that obedience, or we can be really obedient, really faithful to the Lord in certain areas. And then are we sacrificing? Because if you don't sacrifice, if there's not a little bit of pain involved in the process, then it's not really anything worth doing. When you make a sacrifice, 
whether it's, you know, all that you own or it's what God is requiring of you at that moment, when you make a sacrifice, it makes a difference. And so the thing I want us to leave with today is am I worshiping God in what I do? Am I, when God says for me to move, I move. When God says for me to give something up, I'm willing to surrender it and give it to him. And I know this message isn't just for you, it's for me too. Am I, Eric Leeson, being obedient to Christ? Am I willing to sacrifice those things that I think I want and I desire? Am I giving those things to Christ and saying, God, I want you to have those things. I wanna live for you. I wanna worship and honor you. I wanna be a living sacrifice. I want my life to speak about you. You know what we can take away from this video? Is that Bernard loved Jesus. He was obedient. And just let's say that God didn't ask him to build you know, thousands of crosses, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt at all that Bernard was obedient and that he was willing to make a sacrifice. Am I that way in my own life? Am I obedient and am I willing to make a sacrifice? As we close here, let's just have a word of prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for everything that you do. I just thank you. And I pray, Lord, that as we talk about today, I, I pray that in our talents that we can magnify your name, that we can offer our talents just as we offer our money or our resources, that we offer our abilities, our talents, and magnify your name and offer them to you. And I pray in our work settings that we set the right example, that we are treating people with respect and we show people you through our work, through the way we do our work, that we care about it, that we value the workplace. And then also, Lord, that we respect authority that's above us, whether it's good or bad authority, that we respect that authority because you are the one that placed those people ahead of us. For whatever reason, Lord, we don't know the answer to that, but we still respect them because we wanna respect you. And then lastly, Lord, as we talk about this whole life, really about what we do and how we worship you, that we honor our lives uh, for you and, and to you, Lord, honor you through our lives through our obedience and through our sacrifice. And then that way we can become a living sacrifice, a living offering for you. Just be with us, encourage us and challenge us, Lord. Challenge me, Lord, to be more of what I can be for you. I wanna be on the edge of almost being crazy to the world because the world doesn't understand you, the world doesn't know you, and we need to be a light into the world because you have a higher purpose for us. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus, amen.